guys. Welcome back to Clean Shave Podcast. I'm not going to lie. Making a podcast kind of tough and an intro kind of fucking sucks. So we're just going to go right into it. We got the crew of the dude, as always. We got Jack. We got Kyle. We got me, your host, Brandon. And we're just going to talk with a quick shout out. And of course, you guys can see this coming a mile away. The shout out is going to be the seven years, the 70 mil Aaron Hicks center fielder for the Yankees for a long fucking time now. Jack, give me the scoop. Yes, seven years for Aaron Hicks. The first four are going to be at $10.5 million. The last uh, three at $9.5. And the Yankees also have a team option to make that eight years at $12.5 million in mm-hmm. 2026. What do you think about this deal, Kyle? I honestly, I've seen a lot of things on Yankee Twitter about whether it's good, whether it's bad. I personally think it is Good. Good, okay. Because the Yankees are made of money, and this guy <laughs> has shown promise to be a, one of the best center fielders in the game, and if you're locking him down for $70 million, that is pocket change. And to someone like Aaron Hicks, that is $2 billion. I think it's the right move. I'm going to have to disagree with you, Cal. And the reason I say so is because the guy is 29 years old. He's 29. Like, let's think about that. In, in, in baseball, I would say a prime goes to 33, and that's being generous, boys. 33, and that's halfway done with this contract. And I know, it's not crazy money. If he went and he tested the market, yes, he would be getting a lot more money, uh, probably for a shorter deal. But the thing is, guys, he's a center fielder, and he's 38 years old. By the end of this deal, is he going to even be able to play center bit of field? I mean, look, it's simple. This deal is to lock in a vet long-term. The Yankees keep guys like CC Sabathia and Brett Gardner around on one-year deals. The back half of this deal, he's going to be getting paid $9.5 million, and he'll be the same age that Brett Gardner is this year. Look, the yeah. Yankees have a huge, strong core right now. The guys are young, but it's always good to have a vet, and Hicks is outgoing. He, he is what the Yankees want out of a player, so I don't mind that he'll be... 36, 37, maybe even 38 by the end of this deal because that's the age that a guy like Brett Gardner is at, and you don't necessarily need to be an everyday guy when you're making 9.5 mil. That's fair. That's a fair point. But the thing is, like, guys, can we be real for a second? I I see so many things online saying Aaron Hicks, is he was the MVP of the Yankees. Bull fucking shit, Okay. The guy, like, it, I, do, I just don't understand it. I look at the stats, and I'm like, did I watch the same Yankees games as everyone else? Is there another channel that they're playing on? He's, he's He batted 248, 27 homers, which that, I'll take the fucking 27 homers for center fielder. But at, like, 119 hits, and yeah, he missed a few games, but, like, 248. Like, well, so, what do you think about so, that? So, so, I saw a stat on Yankees Twitter from, from fan graphs, and it said that for... Wins above replacement in the last two years. You got Manny Machado, 8.8. Bryce Harper, 8.3. And Aaron Hicks has 8.2. Like, that is a huge steal for the Yankees. And obviously, wins above replacement is one stat. But if you can lock that guy down, even if he looks like a grandpa for the next seven years for pocket change, he does look like a grandpa, then I would do it. And I'm not a big fan of the war stat. Everyone loves it nowadays. But, like, Bleacher Report came out with an article today ranking the top 10 players at each position purely based off their war from last year. Yeah. 
Like, they act like they did all this insight and stuff, but it was literally just ordering them based off war. Glaber Torres was ranked the second best second baseman in baseball. Because behind. his war was only behind Jose Altuve. Who's Glaber Torres' backup, though? Neil Walker last year? Tyler Wade? Yeah. Aaron Judge was five on that list. Why? Because his backup is Giancarlo Stanton. So who are they counting as Aaron Hicks' backup? That's my question. Is it that, that's a great Jacoby question. Jacoby Ellsbury? When no, he's maybe, fucking... maybe. I I hope it's not I mean, Shane Robinson. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, if it's Shane Robinson, Brett I think Gardner? I could have a Brett Gardner? Least. I don't it, know. It could be Brett Gardner. Okay. Um, um, I mean, who else played outfield last year? It's. Like, you got to think about who played center field specifically. Judge played center field a couple of times. But yeah, but they're not going to, they're not going to factor that into his war. I mean, I don't know. Regardless, eight is impressive. I'll give it to you. And the two guys on that list played on. Awful teams. The point, the point, the thing I'll give you boys is that Aaron Hicks, his best asset, and we can all agree on this, is his defense. He's mm-hmm. a stellar center fielding defensive player, but like at the end of this deal, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm just seeing like, like how many, like how many center fielders can you list off that are still stellar and they're in their 35s or something? And the guy I'm gonna bring up right now is a guy that was on the Yankees last year. And you guys probably know where I'm going with this. Andrew McCutcheon. He used to be a, a stellar, stellar fielder. I think he had he had a few gold gloves. He's 32, dude. Like, his speed goes down pretty quick. Sure. It goes down quick. Fielding goes down. And, like, Andrew McCutcheon, he can only be a corner outfielder now. Like, Fielding is huge for Hicks, and his speed is a big thing. And Gardner's a guy who we've we've seen this in front of our own eyes as Yankee fans. He was a guy who was a speedster, but that's why like Gardner is a leadoff hitter. Yeah. He gets on base and he's a vet. And that's what I see the back end of this contract being. Like I said, he's not making much more by the time that he's Brett Gardner's age as Brett Gardner is right now. And the two forty eight batting average isn't great. No. But he had ninety walks last year. His on base percentage was behind. One guy on the team, Aaron Judge. That's good. His on-base percentage was 366, mm-hmm. sandwiched between Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Guys who work walks. That's that like, a good that's a good stat. The fact that that he's not relying on extra base hits and and power to the outfield, like 27 home runs is big, but he's not relying on that to get on base. I think that'll help him even when he starts to slow down and get a little bit weaker. So you talked about Brett Gardner being a speedster, and that segues perfectly into what I want to talk about, which is the Yankees' biggest weakness. Everybody, every Yankee fan, I want to say, knows the Yankees' biggest weakness, but no one really talks about it. Pitching? No. Really? The Yankees' biggest weakness, and if you watch Yankee games, you know this, is stealing bases. That's I feel like this guy's basis is outdated. I would no. I, why I, I why would you say that that's the biggest? So so let me let me. I have yeah. my own thoughts on this. Oh, it's funny you say that, Jack. I got some stats. Here we go. For the 2018 MLB season, the Yankees ranked 25th, tied for 25th in total stolen bases. They you know you know who you know who's second, the Rays. You know who's third, the Red Sox. How are we like like mainly from watching the playoffs this year like specifically the ALDS? Do you know how many bases the the Red Sox stole on us specifically? A lot. And you yeah we have the big bats yeah we got the power hitters but what we don't have which we've mentioned before is contact hitters and high average guys but 
you need to have that threat of being able to steal bases. Like, the only guy that can steal bases for us, Brett Gardner was our leader, and right after that was, I believe it was Aaron Judge. Point is, like, if you don't have that threat, then people aren't even going to wait for you. You got to have guys in scoring position, and there were way too many times last year that the Yankees' narrative was, oh, we left runners on base. We left runners on base. Well, we wouldn't leave runners on base that much if we had the ability to move a guy from first to second time to time. All right, so my uh, comeback for that would just be, Simply, why get caught stolen when you have the most home runs ever for a baseball team? Why Why would you risk that? Why would you, you know, have a guy like Gardner uh, get thrown out? I don't know what the percentages are, to be quite honest, of like what's good for stolen bases. But let's say 80%. That sounds about fair. Um, 80%, even taking that 20% away from an Aaron Judge. or Like Aaron Judge, he literally bats, he batted after Brett Gardner last year. Um, you have him off of like a speedy guy, like our second and third guy, like um, a Judge or a Stanton. This is a heavy hitting lineup, and also I, I'm gonna say like stolen bases. Just the only thing they're good for is a roto fantasy league. I I just feel like that's, shut up. No, I just I genuinely feel that because yeah, you're getting in scoring position. Yeah, that's cool and all, but why why does that matter when? such a large amount of the Yankees' runs are coming off of a home run ball. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in between you guys. The Yankees do need to steal more bases, but Boston's up there because, A, they can. They have speed that the Yankees don't. B, they have guys who hit for contact, kind of like Brandon was saying. We're a very, very much a power-hitting team. That being said, there's certain guys at the plate that you can send a batter running on. Mm-hmm. And if it's a fastball, they'll react and swing. And it's a hit and run situation. Exactly. But when you got a guy like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Andujar, they're not pitching by these guys with fastballs. Yeah. They're throwing sliders in the dirt. You got sinkers in the dirt. They're pitching low. It's not a spot where a catcher can turn around and gun it down immediately. Facts. So I don't think we need to be a top ten team in the league. No. But twenty fifth is definitely unacceptable in terms of bases stolen. Now, now Jack, would you agree with me that it is straight idiotic for Kyle to say that that's our biggest weakness? When you think think about the postseason, like, do you think that a stolen base, it's going to come down to a stolen base? No, it's going to come down to how Luis Severino and James Paxton and those guys deal. I'm not on board with either of you. It's batting and scoring position. No, batting we're, with wait, runners you know, we're gonna get that. We're gonna get that. Yeah, but that's the biggest weakness. There's a reason we only won one game against Boston. I, I Hell, think it's Craig a... Kimbrell was on the mound with the bases loaded. Do you know how we scored our runs in that game? Walks. Nobody got a freaking hit. DJ LeMahieu. That's an addition. I think that we helped that out. <laughs> I mean, you can you 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 can only hope, but you don't know it, that. Well, DJ LeMahieu. I'm not going to disagree with you, Jack. Also, Jack. Okay, we were talking about this the other day. Um. Honestly, I think it's very, very possible for Glaber Torres to bat well over 300 this season. I I said 320, and that sounds ridiculous, but I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is either. I think he is literally the second coming of a Jose Altuve. I think... I, I think he's literally that sort of guy that he finds. When you watch him bat, too, um, and Jack kind of alludes to this point when we were talking about it, but basically the guy... He went pre-injury. Everyone was talking about this guy has so much plate discipline. He's got so much poise at the plate for a 22-year-old. And 
a good point that uh, we both brought up was that when he went down with his injury, Miguel and Duhar stood up and he started raking. He started raking. And I know those guys are buddies, but Glaber kind of sat, he kind of came back and he was like, wait a second. This rookie of the year is mine. Your buddies, but you don't want your buddy to yeah, beat you ever. Of course. And I, I think I think he came back with a little more pressure on himself. He he lost his plate discipline. He did. That and was his biggest. Like that was his best thing, and he completely lost because he was trying so to do too much. I don't think it's beyond him to hit three twenty this year. The guy knows how to make contact. He knows how to put the ball in play. I sure. I disagree. I'm gonna go with probably a two eighty five. So I'm I'm not gonna say he's gonna have a sophomore slump, but. You know, he's going to get a, plenty of off days, I think. He is going to be, like, the regular starter. But at some point, DD's going to, you know, come back. You got Tulo and DJ LeMahieu in the mix already. You know, I just think he's going to have a lot under his belt. And he has a lot of experience. But I just don't see 320. I don't see him getting plenty of off days, though. I, I see him being kind of thrown into the fire. And honestly, kind of being polished into being the second of the face of the franchise. Sort of in where you have Aaron Judge as the face, and then you have Glaber Torres, because those are the two most talented players on the team. So when you talked about the Yankees being power hitters, yes. so either yesterday or two days ago from when this was recorded, Colin Cowherd, who I fucking hate, I by hate the way. Colin I love him. I love him. <laughs> fucking hate Colin love Cowherd. He had a... Shout out to you, Colin Cowherd. Shut up. He had A-Rod on, the pod, on his uh, show, on The Herd. I watched and five minutes of that. He watched it? I so little bit, a little bit. There's a 14-minute interview, and I saw the quote on my Twitter feed where he talked to A-Rod about this current Yankees roster. With A-Rod's old teammates, he had, you know... He, you had the stars, you had someone like A-Rod, but then you had a Jeter, like a Bernie Williams. You had what they what he called complementary players. Cal, Colin's point, Colin's point was that <laughs> with this year's Yankees, we don't have complementary players. And the example he used is with the Red Sox this year. You got your stars, you got Mookie, you got J.D. Martinez, you got Benintendi, but then you also have grinders you got guys like a Brock Holt like a Jackie Bradley Jr. who are you know they're not stars they're grinders and they're okay with that role and if you look at that Yankees team that we have we kind of just have a lot of people that you know are kind of the same in a way so I want to know what you guys thought about that uh what the fuck are you talking about Kyle I'm just gonna say talent plays dude talent plays and if you're really gonna tell me that you'd rather have a fucking scrappy player like Brock Holt over a 22 year old phenom that's about to take over the league complimentary players my fucking ass dude look at it you got Miguel and Duhar Glaber Torres I could literally go down the whole list. Aaron Hicks, all these guys are complimentary players, if that's what you want to call them. And we have our super or superstars with Aaron Judge, with Stanton. Like, I, I don't understand. I feel like we have a, even better complimentary players. No grinders? What? <laughs> Alex Rodriguez was a pretty boy. He was a yeah, pretty boy absolutely. when he was on the Yankees. A guy like... Grinders are what the Yankees reward. Mm -hmm. There's a reason Brett Gardner has a contract this year. Absolutely. He's a vet. He's a grinder. He gets down and dirty. does his shit. There's a reason Aaron Hicks is getting paid for the next seven years. There's a reason CeCe Sabathia is here when he can't even throw a fastball faster than 84 miles an hour anymore. But listen, like I said, I hate Colin Coward, but 
I gotta agree with him here. Oh like, you got Brett Gardner, you said. Brett Gardner, in my eyes, is currently the only grinder we have that is on the 25-man roster. That's like a, a everyday player. That's an everyday player. That's an everyday player. Brett Gardner hustles. He he hustles down the line every time, no matter what. I'm saying Didi Gregorius is also one. He Didi's I would down. say he's on the verge of it. On the but, verge. On the verge. Oh but you've got, you got you seen what he's done in the playoffs. Listen, you got guys Holy like shit. Gary. You know, Gary is the opposite of a grinder. Well, you fuck, got someone no. like like <laughs> I love Stanton is not a grinder. Oh, but I'm not listen to me. I'm not he's saying he's been he, in the fucking Yankees for one year. Listen, I'm not saying he needs to be. He shouldn't hustle down the line, you know, to first base to beat out a bag in case of like a hamstring injury, you know? But point is like the Red Sox do have those complimentary players that for the postseason when it matters most just truly like shine, you know? They got a lot of pinch hitters that when it came to that big moment, they came up big and they're okay with their role and they want to play for their manager. And I really don't know if we have that grit in us. Yeah, I. those are the Yankee killers too. That's the worst part. That, that, Those are the Yankee killers. Okay, Brock, Brock Holt kills us. I hate Brock Holt. I mean, every I Yankee hate Brock fan Holt. hates Brock Holt. But, uh... Any Knicks fans out there? TJ McConnell? Like, those Killer! The, the guys that you hate yeah. in the league. And you don't hate them because they're good. You hate them because they kill you. They and they kill, kill you team. by hustle. And muscle. I think and I'll give him of... that there. I think we have more pretty boys than we have in the past, but I, I disagree that we don't have any grinders. Look, I think that Yankees team had more pretty boys than they – like they had complimentary boys, but they had more all-out pretty boys than the Yankees do right now. I'm going to say this also. Um, I think that to become a grinder in the major leagues, it's not something you necessarily come into the league – just, okay, yeah, this guy's a grinder. I think it's something you develop, and I think you develop it by be creating a better team culture where you have guys that will literally take a bullet for your teammates. That will, and I'm going to I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. The Red Sox, starting with Alex Cora, um, they they had great team chemistry. They have year. a lot of homegrown, homegrown guys, too. You got yeah. Mookie, Benintendi, Jackie Bradley, Xander. You got... Uh, well, and they've been two years ahead of us in that. Exactly. In that sure, sure. So I think, I, think, I think we're still on pace for that. And I think I think that the Yankees realize that more than anyone. And something I'm going to give you guys a snippet of is for anyone that follows the Yankees page on Instagram or on any social media, you can see that... I've never noticed this this much. The Yankees are taking a lot, a lot of time during spring training to get the chemistry together with little things like goofy stuff. Like you guys, you guys have definitely seen. I mean, I posted it on Pride Power Pinstripes, but you definitely that. seen. Yeah, oh yeah, follow it. Um, you definitely seen with like the mustache, like all that stuff, the little photo shoots of them being fucking funny and cute. They brought and all in the that. hypnotist too the other day. Yeah, which is ex- cool. exactly the hypnotist, and also they're doing these trust exercises. So I think that. Like, you, you watch these guys, and, like, these guys, like, the, you could already tell there's a culture being made that I honestly, like, don't even know if we had that last year because Aaron Boone was a new coach. Another year of Aaron Boone, too. Like, I think that the culture's just going to get better and everyone's just going to play harder because of it. Yeah. Um, I, think, yeah I think you're right there. And I, I think last year was kind of a... 
they made it as deep as they did in the playoffs the year before because they had something to prove, mm-hmm. and it just kind of seemed easy to them. So last year they came in thinking it was it was kind of just going to be there. It was going to be the they World did. Series year, they did. and and it didn't. Um, and now I think you're right. Coming into this year, they have a little more fight in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we, now we want to switch over to some of the questions you guys asked on Instagram. Of the first one. Uh, someone asking for predictions for the pitchers next year, mm-hmm. wins and losses. So we looked at, at the history of the five five guys right now who make up the rotation. We're going to do a little over-under real quick. And me and Brandon don't know the numbers. Yeah, that Jack I, I, has, I got so. the numbers, the put them up, looking at their ERA and their, their wins from the past. And So we're going to go over-under between Kyle and Brandon with all five pitchers, starting with Luis Severino, over-under 19.5 wins. How do you want to do this? Same, say at the same time, or no, what? You go first. Uh, no, we'll do a little and... snake. So you'll do uh, Severino first, then I'll do uh, whoever's next. Yeah, yeah I guess so. first. You... I'm going under. Go Sevi is going under 19 and a half wins because there are way too many times that, like, I don't know. There's a he. He gets a lot of no decisions. Yeah. A lot of times, like, he doesn't go deep in games anymore. Too. I just don't think – first of all, I don't think wins and losses matter that much. But I honestly do not believe that he will get over 20. He was close to it last year, but I don't. He, I think he's going to go under 19.5. Uh, I'd have to agree with Kyle here. I think that he is also going to go under. And the reason I'm saying that is because it would be a different story if we saw the first half Luis Severino in the second half of the season and he was going with that momentum. The guy's kind of got to, like, figure his shit out. He's tipping pitches, and people are catching on. So he's one of the easiest pitchers probably to read with the filthy stuff that he has. Like, I can't possibly say that he's going to be a 21 or a 20 or 21 uh, win pitcher just purely based off of uh, his inconsistencies last year. And that's not to say he's going to have a bad season, but I just no. don't think he'll get that number. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I said over. Um, on the basis, Jack Curry the other day on, on Yes Network said he's hungry. Mm-hmm. He lost weight. He's on a new diet. He's trying to work better. And I think halfway through last season, this guy this guy won 19 games last year. And, like, Yankees fans were acting like he pitched, like, shit the second half of the season. So it's like, yeah. I think a 20-win season isn't that far out. Uh, second on the list, Paxton. Over under 13.5. Brandon, what do you got? Oh, easy over it. Easy over. And the reason I'm going to say that is because 13 and a half wins for a guy like Paxton, I'm just going to quickly, because I also didn't really look this up too much because um, I didn't know what you guys were going to say, but he had 11 wins last year with the Seattle Mariners. So you're saying that with the New York Yankees, he can't get another three wins? That's an easy over for me. I I completely agree. Easy over 13.5. We will give so much more run support than the Seattle Mariners. And obviously, they had a good season last year. They almost made the playoffs, but I think that's easy. I said under. Jesus. You're high. His, he would be an embarrassment, dude. He would be... Swing me what you're smoking. Look, <laughs> the Yankees have one pitcher every year who they cannot figure out how to help out, and James Paxton is going to be that unlucky guy. I have no other reason to do that, but... <laughs> That that's all. I, okay. I, I respect that. I respect that because every Yankee fan knows exactly what you're talking about. Oh, for sure. All right, so give us the next. All right, third on the list. Half over under thirteen point five. Kyle, to you this time. So this is an interesting one. This is this is more interesting. Than the other two, 
Personally, I'm going to go over. I think that Hap is like, how old is he? 37, 38? He, he, 36 to start th- this year, maybe. Okay, he, he's around there. He's up there he's in old. age. But last year, you know, he had a good, he had an all star bounce back year of like three point, he finished with like a 3.7, 3.80 or somewhere around there. I think that, you know, he's getting used to New York a little bit and he pitched well when he was with us in the regular season. And I really do not think that he will have that much of a difference. His stuff is the same. He's not throwing 100 yeah. miles an hour, but he, he he's got good control. Yeah. Exactly. And I'd have to say probably the easiest over. The easiest over, I'd honestly say I'd take the over on him with 15 and a half. The reason I Jeez. say that, the reason I say that is because he had 17 wins last year. And when he was with the Yankees, he was 7-0 and and 2.69 ERA. So he's a professional. He knows how to pitch in the Bronx and easy. Completely agree. Seven wins with the Yankees last year. My only hesitation with bringing that over under number so low was the number of no decisions he did rack up in those starts against the Yankees. He was that guy last year who was the lucky pitcher in the back half of the season to be getting five or six runs of support in those games. And when the Yankees only gave him two or three, he was pulling some no decisions. Tanaka next on the list, 14 and a half. Back to you, Brandon. 14 and a half. I'm going to take the under. I'm definitely going to take the under on Tanaka for 14 and a half because Tanaka, when we're thinking about consistent pitchers, he's not it. He's not it whatsoever. You just, I love Tanaka time, but you have no idea where you're getting with that guy at all when he goes to the mound. You could literally sit. It's fun to watch because you're like, okay, what am I going to get tonight? Am I going to get Tanaka time or I'm going to get this fucking guy that can't pitch a freaking strike and is just getting bombed? Like, uh, easy under. So what what was it? 13? 14. 14, 14 and a half. Half should have had a higher one than him, honestly. So so Tanaka, last year he had 12 wins. And you're saying 14 and a half. I am going to go over. And the reason is, is because last year, if you guys remember, when he was, I believe it was against the San Francisco Giants, when you ha- when a pitcher has to hit, which I think is fucking stupid, that's for another day. But he ripped both of his hamstrings running to first base, and he was out for a while. It was the most unathletic thing I've ever seen. Oh, oh, Tanaka should never run. He should never (laughs) run, ever. Severino went down last year. Tanaka stepped up. I think Tanaka is going to put together his best season since signing this contract extension. I go over on that. Last one, CeCe Sabathia. Over, under 10.5 wins. I'm going to have to take the under on that. Um, honestly, I think they, I think they're going to be really careful about CC. I think that there's going to be a lot of games where he doesn't even have the chance to get a decision. I think he's literally just going to pitch five innings, a lot of games, and that's when we're going to use this killer bullpen. I, I have to agree with you. I also take the under because, you know, CC's off the crunch berries, you know, he, he lost some weight <laughs> and when you're off the crunch berries in the past, it hasn't worked for you. So like. You, you got to stay with the big – you got to be the big guy. You got to be the big really dog. Skinny right he looks now. really skinny. He looks really healthy, and he looks like he's in the best shape ever. And I am fucking concerned. I hate that. Get back on the crunch berries <laughs> like Stephen A. Smith said. Eat, eat those 10 racks of ribs. You know, do whatever you got to do. Right now, if you're uh, listening to this, search up the CC Sabathia next to Aaron Hicks picture, and you will be very concerned as well. Who, who's who? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, Aaron Hicks is legitimately bigger than him in that photo. 
Yeah. That's uh, our center fielder, by the way. I go under on number of wins also. I think the Yankees will win 15 games um, when CC is on the mound. But I don't think CC, like you said, Brandon, gets enough opportunities where he's going deep enough in the game to get the actual win on the stat sheet. Yeah. Um, now, the second IG question was how Machado signing affects the Yankees offseason. Now, I gave these guys a little bit of time to talk. I want to go on a little spiel to you guys real quick here. Well, let you do it. Let me get some jack magic. Go for it. Manny Machado <laughs> signing does not affect the Yankees offseason at all. Machado, the Yankees have been out on Machado since day one unless it was on their terms. There's a reason we signed LeMahieu. There's a reason we signed Tulowitzki. I think the only fear at that point was everyone started telling themselves the Yankees are going to trade and do hard to get Machado, which they're not going to do. The Yankees just signed two very conservative money deals, and it's because they're two years behind the Red Sox in terms of this homegrown talent needing to be paid. The the Red Sox are paying Chris Sale. They're paying Nathan Evaldi. There's a reason they're not signing Craig Kimball right now. Yeah. Because they're screwed if they sign him to a, a, a long-year deal. This is sim- – in 2020, so not this year but next year, Yeah. the Yankees will have the following big contracts still that they have to pay. Stanton, 26 mil. Tanaka, 23 mil. He who shall go unnamed, Jacoby Ellsbury, 21 <laughs> mil. Voldemort. Chapman, 17. Hap, 17. Three agents at that point. Didi Gregorius, who is working on an extension right now. Dellen Batances, also talking extension. But the following guys reach arbitration. Paxton, he should make around 10 mil. Sanchez is going to make 7 to 8. Judge is going to be at a point. Where he's either going to pull a Mike Trout and sign an extension where we're paying him an average of 17 to 20 a year. That would be cool. Or his arbitration numbers are going to explode like bets and he's going to go 11, 20, 30. Like, we have homegrown talent that needs to be signed within the next two years. And if you look three years down the line, LeMay, who's a free agent again, Paxton's a free agent again, and either Sanchez and Judge are still in arbitration or they get extensions. And then Frazier and Duhart and Torres. All these homegrown guys need to be paid in the next two years. So everyone wanted Machado. They wanted Harper. Mm-hmm. And it sucks to not see a big name. But the signing didn't change anything. If anything, Nolan Arenado's contract has bigger implications. Because all it means now is the best third baseman that will be anywhere on the market that the Yankees could talk about for the next five years is in their system already in in Miguel Andujar. Mm -hmm. That's my spiel. What about Nolan Arenado? He just signed an extension. Yeah, Huge one with the Rockets. Do you think that affects us at all? Do you think that that he was ever in our plans? Or do you think that the Yankees from day one free agency were like, you know what, Andujar, you are the guy of the future? There was talk of the Arenado stuff. I wasn't having it. Okay. I think there's one guy that the Yankees have their fingers crossed and are praying to the baseball gods that he touches free agency, who 
represents the Yankees. This has got to be Mike Trout. And Fitz, it's Mike Trout. Yeah, I, I, I'm literally, I have it on my computer. I think that Mike Trout is the guy that the Yankees, they're saving a little bit of money. They got that little bit of, okay, yeah, we're going to have to pay these guys because our team is talented as fuck right now. But we see you, Mike Trout. We see you, the second coming of Mickey Mantle. And you're going to be in pinstripes one day. He is the perfect guy to be a Yankee. He's just got the personality, and he sure as hell has got the talent. The Angels don't like. He doesn't want to be with the Angels anymore. So much he wasted came out talent. And said that, and and when did he say that? Did he say that explicitly? He didn't say that explicitly, but it's one of those Anthony Davis things where it just hasn't blown up yet. Okay, uh, but his 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 uh, agent nice basically guy. came out and said this, and I just want to give one more one more quote on what I'm saying about homegrown talent. Hal Steinbrenner came out and said. I have to look at the big picture, and it is my responsibility that my family expects and my partners expect, not just to look at the present, but to look at the future too. Three, four, five years from now, we got a lot of homegrown kids that we love, our fans love, and they're going to be coming up for free agency. Yeah. They want these homegrown guys to stay home. Definitely. They're not going out for a pretty boy. Yeah. And I think that, just going back on that point really quick, um, there's kind of a different reception uh, when you have homegrown talent versus guys that you sign in free agency. I don't know about you boys, but I freaking love Derek Jeter. I love Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, all those guys, Bernie. Um, And then, like, there's the part of the fan base that never opens up to the big uh, free agent signing because you're always they're always judged so much more fierce like Alex Rodriguez fans Yankees fans were waiting for that guy they were waiting for him to crumble because they were like we paid him so much money when the Royce thing came out they were like yeah we knew it was a bad signing yeah because he is under so much pressure from the Yankees fan base I think that unless it's the perfect free agency signing there's going to be that much more pressure because the Yankees fans expect that much for a free agency signing. And I think that it's super cool that Cashman has done such a good job uh, with getting all these young guys. If, if, if y'all can let me wall out real quick, I just uh-huh. want to go off on Mike Trout for a minute. Oh, don't. Mike yeah. Trout is literally the most. He, Mike Trout is the worst best player in a sport ever. Disagreed. In, not in terms of. Playing skill, not in terms of playing skill, but if you are the best player in your sport, how can you be so dull? He is literally a blob. He has no personality. He he literally is just a sack of meat who bats three three thirty and is an MVP like multiple times. You have no marketability. You are in no commercials. You don't. You have a Twitter just to say "Fly Eagles Fly." You literally cannot buy an endorsement deal because you are boring. That is bad for the sport of baseball. But when why you, is he boring? Why do you think he's why boring? is he boring? Yeah. He is in the worst. He's in LA. Yeah. But when you one of the biggest markets. But, but when you think LA, what team do you think of? Lakers. And then what baseball team do you think of? Dodgers. 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 Yeah. No one gives a shit about. It's the, like him being on the Mets right now. No one really gives and, a shit and about the that. The Angels aren't good. How do superstars make names for themselves when they aren't good? Yeah. Shitty headlines. I ain't Johnny Hustle. Yeah. I'm a pretty boy. I ain't oh, Johnny Anthony, Hustle. Anthony Davis <laughs> wants out. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony wants out. Like, every sport, it's the same way. When you're on a shitty team, you only make headlines in one way. And it's bad news. 
Derek Jeter was on a good team at the start of his career. If his career started with that 010 through 014 stint, he could have been the best player in baseball, and no one really would have known, even though it's the biggest market. Also, using that exact same comparison, if Derek Jeter was on the Angels, you would be like, holy shit, this guy is dull as fuck. Because he's in the spotlight for the Yankees. He was in the spotlight. He was answering all the questions right. And I honestly think Mike Trout is the perfect Yankee because I'm taking a guy that is out of the headlines, that's out of the press, any day over a guy that's out at the clubs that's going to make headlines for off the diamond. Like I- Shout out Joe Kim Noah, too lit for New York. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I see where you guys are coming from, but, you know... To your Derek Jeter point, a lot of his moments were made in the playoffs. And this is a guy, Mike Trout, who's, like, never never had the opportunity the to go deep in the playoffs. That's contradicting your point. So, yeah. No, I, I said, I okay. Said, hey, okay. okay. He doesn't do the pretty boy stats. Yeah, no. Aaron Judge hits home runs. Mike Trout hits Does home runs. Does his home runs. But not as many as Aaron Judge. Also, Aaron, Mike Trout hits for average. He, he steals bases, base. which is he what we need. Bases. He makes the plays in the field. Since his first year being in the league, 326, 323, 287, 299, 315, 306, 312. How many? We, we haven't hey, had who a... Who the fuck th- does he have around in 40-year-old Albert Pujols? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, now we're at that point in the episode where we, we, we got to do a draft. Oh, so we were okay. thinking of... Uh, you know, this year spring tra- spring training's upon us. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost spring break season. So, oh. so you think Jack, what I'm thinking? Jack, what what is our what is our draft today? Spring break coming up for us college kids. What do you do on spring break? You break it down a little. You g pop a little, oh, and you hit a few yeah. parties. A little kickback. So, our draft this week is the three Yankees that you would most like to hang out with at a party. And we're going to start with Kyle, go to me, go to Brandon, snake draft order. Kyle, number one pick, who are you going with? So here we go. This is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of pressure, okay? Because, you know, there's so many options. But, and I think I know what, I think if I don't take this guy right now, one of you guys is going to take him. I'm going to go Luke Voigt. Damn it. Oh, God. That's my frat boy. I think Luke Voigt, if you gave him a keg, he is going to drink the does, entire keg. Could keg stand on, for days? On Brandon's could laptop, keg could keg stand for, for days? I think Luke Voigt is that guy that can just crush a handle of, ja- of Jack Daniels the, the and then sip a four local, and he will literally – he needs 30 beers to be buzzed. I just think he's going to be that wild frat guy, and I love it. Jack, All who right. is your first pick? You know, I think every every crew at a party has their their wild guy and their their low key guy. Mm-hmm. My first guy is that low key guy, Glaber Torres. Always got a smile. Why do you say like it's Glaber? Yeah, I call him Glaber. Yeah, right, right, right. Glaber, Glaber. Call him. That's an store. interesting. Yo, pick. call him to the show. Let us let us know how to say it. <laughs> if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. But Torres, guys, he just seems to always be happy. He's young, and I'm just thinking about that picture of him and Ed Duhar walking onto the field the other day. Just looks like he's always having a good time. And so for my first pick, I'm going to have to go with kind of like what Jack's saying, but I think this guy is to that extent, but he's also, he's the jokester. He's the guy that's going to be cracking the jokes. Everyone's going to be huddled around him being like, yo, what's up? What up, Didi? 
I love Didi Gregorius. <laughs> I love the energy he brings. I like that. And there's never going to be a dull moment at that party if Didi's there. All right, so now it's back to you for your second pick. Oh, okay. Second pick. It's going to be tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with... This is going to... I don't know if you guys are going to like this one. Go for it. I'm going to have to go with Gary Sanchez. Interesting. I'm going to have to go with Gary Sanchez. And por the qué, por qué. Why, por qué, por qué. The reason why is kind of like the um, Luke Voigt idea. He's he's a guy that is going to get wild, maybe too wild, but he's going to have himself a good time. If he's having a good time, I'm going to want to have a good time. That guy's going to be pounding bruise for days. And also, if you and your boys... Uh, get into a fight. That's what I was going to say. Oh, he's got your back. Brawl. He's got your back. Gary Sanchez will throw hands before you're even in a fight. He'll, <laughs> yeah. down the party. He'll be looking for a fight. My second pick, the vet, CC Sabathia. Oh, that's pick. what I wanted. Just come here, CC. Come here, CC, easily. He's a big old teddy bear. Yeah. Stay on the crunch berries. <laughs> for my second pick, see, this is this is also tough, but uh, I get, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Clint. I think what? I follow Clint on Twitter. He's a, he's a very like low key guy. He's pretty funny, but you know he he's someone that he's one of your buddies that you can just talk to the entire night. He probably won't leave your side, and uh, I think he's gonna be a, a good time. He also seems like the type of guy that would shoot his shot with every single chicken. Oh, party. of course. And I have a quick story for you boys. So I worked at a country club um uh last summer, and my co my co counselor co worker whatever you want to call it was um DM'd. By Clint Frazier. Oh. She is a thought and a half. If you're listening, what up, Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> but she's a th- she's a thought and a half. Looks super hot on Instagram. Clint, you want to bail bail from that shit. She is not that hot in person. But Clint shoots the shot. Love it. Love it. And and my last pick, since it's back to me, I just got to go simple. I'm going to go Aaron Judge. He's he's the cool guy, you know. He he, he, de- he he DJ. He's the DJ in the Yankees clubhouse, you know. He he gets along with everyone. He Everybody knows who he is, but he's also loyal. He'll never I leave your like side. I feel like he's for the boys. He's is, so is he he's very, for the boys? He's very for the boys. He's very like, for his team. Yeah. So, like, if I feel like if you were to approach a girl, or if you were to be like, yeah, like. He would be the best wingman ever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the best. I'd say he's a very good one. But. I think I think he could. There's a chance he's socially awkward with that, though. Jack, who's, who, who's your last pick? My last pick, I'm just going to go with Aaron Hicks. Aaron at, Hicks. at this point, mm. I'm just looking up and down the Grandpa. Yankees roster, and a lot of guys just trying to mead mug in their fucking roster photos, and I don't want a guy like that, <laughs> like that with me at the party. Awesome. Chapman, I'm sorry. You're going to get me arrested or something, so I had to pass up on you. I'm just going. I'm just going with Aaron Hicks. Easily, okay. And so to finish off this draft, I'm gonna have to go with who I think is the best Wayne man. He's he's a smooth talker. He's new to New York, but he's not afraid of the bright red lights. And I think he'd help me get laid. Um, Giancarlo Stanton. Why? 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 He just seems like oh, he spits a little Spanish to a girl. He's like, yeah, you see that guy over there? Says in Spanish. Yeah, he thinks you're kind of cute. I think he's white as hell. You think he's white as hell? Meaning, so I don't think white. he speaks Spanish. Oh, he definitely speaks a little I Spanish. don't think he does. Also, with those muscles, dude, like, a girl's going to be like, yo, I trust his opinion. I'll be like, fuck, yeah, you do. Okay, I really want to fact check if Giancarlo Stanton speaks Spanish. Oh, I don't. Jack's he's on it right now. So He changed his name from Mike to Giancarlo. Yeah, but the fact that his name was Mike in the first place is a red flag. 
Oh, well, what do you think he changed it for? For the fan base of Miami? Yeah, Maybe, well, you probably. Be <laughs> and in terms of someone who I wouldn't want to party with, Jack already said Errolda Chapman. Because he looks like he might get coked up and just maybe start a fight. Who knows? For me, you you, you just got to go. Well, Sonny Gray if he was here. But I got to go Luis Sessa. Luis Sessa looks like the guy that dresses up in, in cargo shorts. And he just looks like he's boring as hell. I don't know. And my last one that I have to say I would not want to party with is Greg Bird. And the reason why is if you're going Great to pick. a party anywhere in the Northeast, he's going to be taunted. You're going to be like, yeah, I don't fucking know this guy. <laughs> you you turn your Yankees hat inside out, and you're like, yeah, I, 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 do not, I do not align with this guy whatsoever. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for. Yeah, what's the decision? Giancarlo Stanton does speak Spanish. Oh, shit. Hey! Okay. And uh, just one, hey, quick, yeah. one quick note before we sign off here. Roster pictures? DJ LeMahieu looks like a major fucking goober right now. I need to see this. Look at this guy. Oh, he I would like not want to talk to that dude. Oh, God. Oh, man, dude. He, oh, like, he looks like that. He, he was the nerd on the baseball yeah. team. Yeah, we, we would not be friends. <laughs> you bring him to a party to make yourself look better, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's a wrap from today's Clean Shave Podcast. Tune in next week, and thanks for listening.